0: On this week's episode of 90 Degrees, we talk sharing information and building a gambling network, what it's really like to live in Las Vegas, and that time my guest had to change his ATM pin because someone guessed it on the spot. That and more on today's show of 90 Degrees. Welcome to the 90 Degrees Podcast. I'm your host, G-Stack George, and I'm excited because I got somebody well recognizable in the sports betting community. Bill Krackenberger, professional sports better, Advantage gambler, media personality. Bill, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having
1: me on, George. It was nice. Uh, I followed you. I seen a show about a week or two ago with you on it, and I said, oh, this guy's got an interesting story. I love stories, you know, because I'm a story guy. You know what I mean? I, I came from a, a, a background where I can't believe I got out alive. You know, uh, it's either you're, you're, uh, you're in jail or or you're uh you know you're 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 broke from gambling I mean I shouldn't say in jail that's a little too harsh but um I, I was around a lot of people back then in, in back east so Yeah cool. we
0: have a similar upbringing from that standpoint um I my road traveled it was long and arduous but I'm happy because it's led to where I am I was actually going to ask you because I was forthright about my struggles starting out and a lot of people they don't tell you that part of it like what what was your
1: I I always do. <laughs> my whole life is uh you google my name this. I gave a great interview to the Chicago uh Chicago newspaper uh sometimes on the first page of Google. I mean, I talk about struggles and stuff you have to. You and no one just comes out of you know out of the womb a winner. I mean, you know, uh of course I, I, I was a loser. Let's just be let's just say struggles. Let's use the real word. I was a loser before I came became a winner. Um, you know, where I grew up, we had these like these little football tickets. Uh, they they this is back in the seventies now. I'm a little bit older than you, um, and, and and they were you know you put them in for Sunday, and you know you, everyone loses. They're three for three, paid like ten for one or something. It was just no. It was th- actually, it was six for one. Four you had it. Four for four was ten for one, and 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 the big biggest thing in there is the F O R four one. So it's actually nine to one. So, Um, but yeah, everyone played them. And, you know, I grew up with great parents. I had, oh my God, I had such great parents. I had a great old fashioned Italian mother from the Bronx. My father was Hungarian, Irish. uh, We have Jewish in our background. Tough though. Very stoic uh, family on on that side. And um, they were just gamblers. Everyone gambled, especially the Italian side. Um, My father was... Know, for lack of a better word, my aunts would get mad at me. Corrupted by the Italians, and they had, they had, uh, there was gambling in our house every single weekend. I grew up on a, on a on a on a boardwalk town. We're all from the Bronx, you have to understand. Everyone's from the Bronx, but they came down to this boardwalk town, forty five miles, forty five minutes south of of the city of New York, every weekend because we had games of chance. My aunt and uncle had a pizza stand. It's still there till this day. Kingsburg Boardwalk Pizza Place is still there, fifty seven years later on that boardwalk, um, in which my cousin now runs, third-generation, old-school boardwalk Italian pizza made by Italians. Imagine? It's unbelievable. But um, anyway, I grew up on that boardwalk. And that boardwalk, boy, you grew up real fast. Nine years old, I worked there. And at nighttime, and uh, I talk about it now, but I guess back then that that was illegal. The games on the boardwalk became games of chance. You have to understand, Atlantic City just opened in 77, 78. It was the same year's. So those games on the boardwalk became games of chance where the vendors would now gamble. They had a thing called skillo, and the skillo would turn into a cash skillo game. Um, there, there was wheels where you, you, you can have different sections of the wheel you bet on and stuff. And right from a young age, though, I have a really sharp cousin. He's still around. Um, very sharp. Went to Fordham. Kind of a genius. Right, I mean, real estate guy, buys and sells properties now. He's a pretty wealthy guy now. Uh, he sh- he showed me from the very beginning some advantages, especially in card counting. He used to always have a deck of cards. I mean, he'd be counting a deck of cards off to the side. His mom and dad owned the pizza stand. And he showed me from the beginning some advantage gambling, though, especially poker-wise and, and like pot odds, applied pot odds. So that stuff was still good, but I was still a sucker. I still went to Monmouth Park. I uh, literally – I was a kid cause my father took me cause my Italians uncles took him and took me to the racetrack when I was 10, 11 years old. I was taking a bus there with my buddies, you know, from Kingsburg to Long Branch, Long Branch to Eatontown, to Oceanport, uh, and, and blowing all the money I would make on the weekends. I was blowing it at the racetrack. I was a stone cold. Yeah.
0: your are a New York Irish Italian, uh, upbringing sounds a lot like my Toronto Greek upbringing. And, uh, same thing we were gambling on backgammon and dice and cards we kind of grew up around it i've seen some of the same back rooms that you probably have how long did it take for you to like figure it out get all the uh bad the bad juju out of you and figure out okay there's people who win at this and this is what you've got to do
1: it's funny i used to i used to go to a greek area in in new york it was um uh, a story of queens i used to go to a story all the time and play poker because there was uh, Sorry, George, the Greeks no, were very we aggressive to- gamblers, in, in New York anyway. No, I thought that, too. That they owned diners and had some of the greatest restaurants in the world. But at nighttime, a lot of those diners would become poker dens. And And I used to play at this one place. Uh, it was above Petland Disc- discounts. I remember that. It was in Astoria, New York. Oh, man, I can't think of that street. The main street in Astoria. but. I'll tell you my friends really knew the right game to go to because this game was wild. Strap yourself in. It was 510 limit. Um back then you played seven card stud. Uh you know the, the really uh there was a couple board games but seven card stud was really the primary game. There wasn't no limit hold'em wasn't a game back then. It was limit. I mean they had it out in Vegas but New York just just didn't go for that. So it's funny I I played a lot of those games where I did well in poker, but yet I was a sucker in in sports. There was always bookmakers in the games. You know, you you were a sucker in sports. But when I really found out how much of a sucker I was and how there's an advantage to sports betting was around 1993, 92, 93. And uh, I got a call from a guy that I knew, a good guy. Um, I used to put money in his commissary account every week. He was in jail. And I would put, I would put like 10 bucks a week. He was, in his, college he was his in college. account. He was and in he college. Said, that's, that's... He was in college. Yeah. And uh, good guy. Good guy. He's been out and he's been clean of anything for 30, uh, 25 years. So, but um, yeah, I, I'm still friends with him. Um, but uh, literally this guy, I used to put money in his account every week. I, I met him in a poker game in Edison, not Edison, not Elizabeth, in Elizabeth, New Jersey at a pool hall called West End Billiards. I used to play Uh, pool. I used to play pool. There was great big pool, the best pool tournaments in the world, the best players. I mean, literally uh, Steve Miserak, Genki, all these guys, Johnny Archer, Earl Strickland, everyone came into this pool room, but this pool room had some of the best guys from New Jersey too. Uh, You know, Joe Frady, there's so many names of all up and down East coast of New York, some of the greatest pool players. So, but they had a poker game on the side. And I was always good in poker because of my upbringing through my cousin on that boardwalk. So, Anyway, that's where I met this guy. This guy went to jail for something stupid. And uh, and while in jail, he said, there's something going on down at the old Golden Nugget, which was called, I think it was called Bally's Grand at the time, before the Hilton. Um, one of the two, it was Bally's Grand or Hilton. But he said, there's something going on down there at this bank of blackjack machines down there. He goes, I don't know where it is, but I heard the rumor in here. It was in a jail in Jersey. I was like, wow. So I will go. I went down there. I was working two jobs. By the way, George, you probably never met someone that worked more... Blue collar jobs than me. I grew up in a little boardwalk, one mile square town. I worked arcades, uh, all different kind of boardwalk things, car washes. When I was a kid, I was always hustling, trying to make money, even in the winter when it was snowing and raining. I always so I always worked blue collar. I was working two jobs at the time. I, I was I was dating my wife at the time, we were just dating, and I remember I said. I'm going to go down there after my second job. I had a second job three nights a week trying to save like 50, a hundred bucks a week for something for the future, you know? And uh, I went down there with a little bit of a bankroll, like $600. And I still don't know what I'm looking for. This all leads to sports betting, by the way. So um, I go down, I see it's like one in the morning. The whole place is dead. It's like a Tuesday and the whole place is dead. Yet there's one bank of machines that all 12 machines are full. I knew that was something was going on in that bank of machines Well, sure enough, I waited him out, and it's like God opened up the end machine for me to sit down next to somebody, which I'm going to get into. I sit on the end machine, and I still don't know what I'm doing. I'm putting money in, and this tall, six foot six guy, six foot seven guy, says to me, um, "Can you? we're, We're putting coins in the in the machine instead of putting bills in." We don't want the hoppers to empty. Years ago, there was coin trays. The coins came in and out. It wasn't tickets in and out like it is now. It's Called Tito's now. Ticket in, ticket out. It was coins. So I listened to him. I said, okay, sir. He goes, can you buy some rolls? They were $20 each. I bought two rolls of coins off him. Put some in there. Bought some more coins. Building up the credits. And uh, what you're going to do is get a hand pay at the end. But uh, now I've, I still don't know what's going on. Well, now I realize why. The machines were an old blackjack machine that had like a five percent edge on it by playing uh with the surrender feature and, and and i'm learning from this guy what to do it was only by the way it was only like a dollar i think it was a dollar a hand um a dollar a hand by this i called out of work the next morning i remember i literally not even i think i ten tenfold my bankroll either i left with six thousand or i won six thousand I, I remember that then i remember getting I I was playing with a player card. I remember them contacting me saying they're taking all my points away. I remember that because the game had an edge to it. They had to know something. Everyone was winning there. But that's not even the important thing. The important thing is the guy that was next to me. He was the head of the card count team at Resorts. He worked for Resorts International, the Resorts Casino, but he was on the other side. He he was not gambler. He was not, not gambling. He was pointing out who the card counters were. Well, meanwhile, I had that technique to me so that was where we bonded talking about the card counting and stuff um and uh he said do you have do you play sports i was like nah i have a i mean i play with a bookmaker up north but one guy goes well we may be able to make some money because i live down here and i play with a guy in philly you play with a guy in new york you can middle and scalp games i don't know what that meant i mean i I just know i was a i was a sucker um but i did bet underdogs i always liked about underdogs in baseball and stuff but um and and he showed me the business. He showed me. He already, um, yeah, yeah. Frank was already, he was already probably worth about a million bucks because um, he had a very good job, very good family he came from, money only child, money guy. I was the one that was poor. I, I I grew up pretty poor. I didn't know. I always had money in my pocket. I always had food on the table. But we were already blue collar. We had no money for college or anything like that. So, um, but anyway, so he, he taught me about middling and scalping. And then there was some books that were just opening up. There was places called like Rich's Sports. In- that's, that was the name, Rich, R-I-C-H, Rich's Sports in Fernando. And then there was, um, there was, I can't remember the names. I know one of them was a place in Jamaica. They robbed me in the end. Uh, Dennis Ataya was his name. He's still around Pennsylvania. Uh, he had a place there called, uh, I, I didn't remember, but, uh, English Sports Betting, English ESV, English Sports Betting. He robbed everyone in the end, but um, he, they, they did pay for a while. Uh, but they were there. I had. A, I used to play with Gary Bowman himself. Yeah, Gary used to answer the phones in England. Gary Bowman. Can Bet in Australia and Canterbury Downs. That's more like almost like, I guess, mid-90s, late 90s. But there were so many good books. With By the way, back then, it was like the sports books in our country now that they're not doing it now, but they did it at the beginning. They, the bonuses were re- ridiculous you would send a thousand bucks they would start your account with two thousand dollars just do a five-time rollover or even a one-time rollover but you know the books in this country too the DraftKings, kings fan duels, they were given sick insane bonuses at the beginning i'm talking never seen nothing like it they, you know DraftKings kings had, had an unbelievable bonus you're, you're probably going to hear this for the first time so No, traffic, the,
0: is it Arizona, Colorado with the $5,000 they were,
1: Before they were even open, before that, way before that. When they first opened in Jersey, they had a deal where you deposit up to 50K. If you deposit 50K, they'll give you $25,000 real money, real dollars. And guess what? If you refer someone over to them, they're going to give them up to twenty five dollars too. It was the sickest deal in the history of deals. Right in the beginning, they had casino hosts they hired from the from the casino business who brought over this deal. These deals for hey, let's give these guys fifty percent, you know, deposit bonuses, and they're gonna play with us as big gamblers. they player. It it it, did, it worked out well for the guys that were the bonus guys, but I don't know how good it worked yeah. out for DraftKings because they're out of that. They now. learned they do that.
0: They, they... They learned the lesson. By the time we got legalized in Ontario, yeah. we had none of that. They said, "No, we're not making that mistake again." We had to very the,
1: thin. And even for the next year, even for the next year, they 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 downgraded the bonus. So instead, if you deposited fifty, they only gave you twelve five. But they gave the person that referred you twelve five too. And by the way, that's not a free bet, which is worth half of that minus is juice, probably forty eight percent of that. This was a real cash in your account dollars. That doesn't happen anymore, um, and, and I'll tell you something else too. DraftKings was very good to me. They allowed me. They, I stayed in that account for a very, very long time. Beat them for a lot of money, and uh, up until the Banchero bet, which they did not like very much for me. I, I bet on Banchero. I had some really good odds at like twelve to one, ten to one, and nine to one, and 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 then besides that, after that. Then, then they limited me. But still, they're very good. When I go to the counter, they're good to me. Now, I go to the counter, not in New Jersey, but if I go to one of the other locations, they're, they're pretty good to me. But I'm kind of getting ahead of myself there. I, and I talk like crazy, as you can see. A lot of people say, you know, I interview you. I ask you three questions in an hour so. But anyway, that's how I started. Frank showed me the business. We were middling and scalping. That's how I built my bankroll up in the 90s. Middling and scalping. Always keeping a little bit more on the bad side. Now, what I mean by that is, if you go over on a basketball game over 130 on a college basketball game and the the line closed 135 you you're going under 135 I know I'd always put less on the on the, on the more let's let's throw out more I'd always put more on the over the 130 and that's how I made my money in the beginning now if I look back at it now I was scalping for the sports books I was scalping for the person I was betting the under 135 for I was giving them money I would just better better off betting the bad side and that would have been it
0: Hey, I wanna talk to you about Pinnacle. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sports book and available to bettors in Ontario. Find out what professional bettors have known for the last 25 years. 25 years of competitive odds, your trusted sports book. Bet smart, bet Pinnacle, must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly, not available in the US. Now back to the episode. Sure, sure, Uh, you strike me as a guy who's like relationship guy, Similar to me, uh, somebody opened my eyes and changed my perspective. I'm the kind of guy, if you put me in a room with like doctors or plumbers or three different types of rooms, I'll find common ground with everybody and, and, and get to know them and chat them up. When do you decide to go out to Vegas, Bill? Cause now now you're working, you got your hustle going on in, in Jersey and in New York. Why, why the move to Vegas and when did you do it?
1: I moved to uh, Vegas about 20 years ago, about 19 years ago, but I came out to Vegas many more times. I was out to Vegas three, four times, five times a year, always March Madness, the Super Bowl, all those. I always came out here, um, but my first times was with my, my partner who I met that time in Atlantic City. We, by the way, we wound up going partners, him and I, in sports the next 10 years. Um, Frank's his name. He's still around. He's still in Atlantic City, still an advantage gambler. Um, smarter than ever, but the money's in. So the money's in now. He doesn't have to gamble anymore. He does. He does for fun, more or the less. See me. I'll do this forever. I don't care how much money I have. I'll be doing this till the day I die. But Frank, the money's in. But when did I learn? I learned to do this and made it. Decided to make a career of it. Probably around '98, full time. '97, '98. I started to make '99. That's when I probably started to do this full time. Moved out to Vegas around 2000. When, when the right before um, Cantor opened down at the M. So probably around. I don't know, maybe, no, actually it was a couple of years before that. So uh, I've been here about 18, 19 years.
0: And the uh, first time I discover you, Bill, is in the action documentary from 2019, a four-part documentary covering several different people in the field, and it was centered around the Rams and Patriots Super Bowl. How does that come about? Who reaches out to you and says, hey, we want to feature you in this doc?
1: Well, I, was doing, I did some shows. I did some of the first sports betting shows of all time literally i used to do a show every single friday with uh, larry grossman who had a show here in town called you can bet on it it was the first gambling show one of a kind i don't think that i don't think a single network really had a full-time gambling show it was called you can bet on it every friday i used to do it i did it with lem banker for the last few years old-time legend in this town and um i came out here and did it, did that show so i kind of known from the show a little bit people around town and and uh, then I wound up doing the VEASAN show with Gil Alexander. Every Thursday, I still do it. I'll be doing it tomorrow. Um, every Thursday I, I, when I'm in town, I do it live in the studio. If not, I do it on a, on Zoom or uh, over the Zoom link. Um, but uh, I, I guess, really, uh, they see me from there. Gil recommended me to a guy that he went to school with, college with, who was the showrunner. And we sat down at the MGM, I remember, and we went over you know, and, and I thought they were going to never use me after they sat down and interviewed me because, you know, I said, listen, can I curse on this show or no? I, 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 by the way, I'm not a curse. I don't curse. I never curse in front of females, never curse in front of kids. The only word I'm going to use is, is bullshit. But I, I guess they they must have thought, I, I just figured it was really like these guys think uh, like I, I'm full of a lot of bullshit because I just told them, listen, I'm not your guy. If you want to, Bricks of money, going to the sports book with a hundred thousand, driving a fancy car—that's not me. That's not me. I'm I'm not that guy. So I said, um, I'll, I'll let you into my world. You could follow me around, do some stuff. But I'm I'm just not. I, I do it more of an advantage gambling. What I do, me and my team, we win. We don't we don't uh you know we don't do this for fun or yell and scream and there's no emotion when I bet. I've had six figure decisions in days. I don't. There's no screaming and yelling. So I just figured that that's not what they were looking for. They actually came right back to me, though. But I find out now why. I didn't know that there was going to be the polarizing character of Vegas Dave in the show. I didn't know that. I didn't know they were going to find uh, Todd, which Todd was great for the show. He's the guy out there screaming and yelling in the book and uh, watching every game. I do enjoy watching games now, especially now that I'm hosting a, I'm hosting a weekend Fox show So every week. So I do enjoy watching the games and stuff, especially my friends come in town. Or I spent a lot of time on the East Coast. Um, because let's just face it, people think out here it's a sports betting capital. Not the case. Uh, other ju- other jurisdictions are the sports betting capital. I've been thrown out of four or five sports books here, not for doing anything illegal, just for using my brain. So um, I, there's only a couple I bet at, uh, out here, but I have more outs back east, the legalized outs back east on, on a legalized sports book. So.
0: You know, um, I actually want to ask you because the new rage in, in sports betting is uh, whether you're a modeler and you build your own lines and attack that way, whether you're somebody watches the screen and you chase steam, uh, I gather and from what I've read and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you uh, work with a team, you you share information like a network. You also help people move and get action down. Um, it, it, does that accurately describe what you do?
1: Well, you know i did my own stuff me and frank did or he 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 showed me that his own model he had power rankings power charts he showed me everything back in the 90s of what he did and and how to make money also watched the screen there was some great indicators the internet just came out so there, there were some great indicators on the screen of where the lines were going so there was some old sports books called the rio uh jazz is still on there there were some sports books that were that would move You know, 20 seconds before anyone else, you had to just know where to look for your line. So we did all our own stuff, plus incorporated that. And then I, um, yeah, I I actually met some of the sharpest guys in the world. And, uh, yeah, we've been part of, I've been part of many gambling syndicates over the years. And I say syndicates, you know, people think syndicates, they think of mafia syndicate. That's not the case here. We're talking about gambling a group, gambling team. Um, at that, pay taxes quarterly taxes. I'll be doing that next week. Um, you know, and, and and you know, do it the right way. I mean, you know that that that's what we do. And like I said, like when Action wanted me on, I, I drove a Kia. I, I still drive. I, I drive a Kia. That's what I drive. I mean, I choose to, to, to the best value out there. I can go out and get any car I want, but I
0: don't choose to do that. A, so. a, a car is a, a depreciating asset, yeah. like more than anything. Yeah, I, I get it. I get yep. it. I sometimes I like my toys, so yeah. I have that bad, bad part of me. But I actually wanted to ask you: Do you have an off season? Or are you doing this like all the time? I I get a little bit more low key during uh, the off season of football. I I love betting football. We can get a lot of liquidity down, and then I take a little bit of a break after. Yeah. Are you always grinding and running around, or do you guys have? I like enjoy
1: I enjoy taking, and I, I don't mean taking off. I enjoy slowing down and working from anywhere. Um in in March, um you know I'm gonna say even the last the last couple rounds of March Madness when when it's like handicapping an NBA game it's very hard to win. Uh, I'll have a couple of plays but nothing serious. I go to Florida for a few weeks then in March I'll go back to the Jersey Shore for a lot of the summer. Um you know here I uh, I enjoy being here though I live in a nice high rise above the city you've seen it in action. Um it's safe it's comfortable here where where I'm at and but I do. I do enjoy my downtime. I go out to eat a lot, as you could tell. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I do enjoy going out to breakfast. And I enjoy going out to dinners. And anyone that comes in town, um, I, listen, I'm my father's child. I'm my father's son. I learned everything from my dad. My dad was always saying, you be nice to everybody. And he was always, a, even though my dad didn't have any money, he was the greatest guy in the world. He spent money on everybody, his family and friends. And he made everyone enjoy things. I I enjoy, I enjoy doing that, too. I enjoy taking people out to eat and going out to eat in different places. I have my regular joints, my regular spots, but uh, that's something I enjoy doing. So I'm really, life is a dream, man. It's almost a vacation and a dream. Uh, So as far as that, though, but I do get a couple of places I go here and there.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm I a relationship guy and I like being hospitable and taking people out. And yeah. I actually enjoy the presence of people. I, I can, uh, when I'm not thinking about betting, I could sit down and we could have a three-hour meal, uh, food, drinks, and I won't even look at my phone. I can get lost in the moment. I actually want to ask you, you're a very natural broadcaster. You have a natural charisma. Um, it, were you uncomfortable at any point or I figure like... If you grew up in New York, Italian, Greek, you almost had to be a good broadcaster if you wanted to get a word in, because everybody likes to talk in those circles.
1: I give my aunt, my aunt Caroline and my uncle Jimmy Carasato, I give them the credits, and my cousin Anthony Carasato, I give them the credit for that. In that pizza stand, I learned relationships. I was just making dough at first, not doing anything, cutting, not, not even cutting pizza yet, then I started cutting pizza, serving pizza, dealing with customers. I learned all that from them uh down at that boardwalk that's where I really learned interaction before before you know it I I, I was you no know, not working there anymore I was working in higher paying jobs on the boardwalk dealing with people and um it, it was really I I mean of course everything comes from your parents my father was a ball we call it a ball breaker he was a ball breaker everything was a joke have fun enjoy yourself so I'm a big ball breaker if you can't hang around if you're sensitive you're not going to be around yeah. me
0: yeah. no, 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 we we roast the ones we love yeah. uh do you ever you watch shows like uh Boardwalk Empire? you know, I know that was centered around atlantic city i like are that. you a shows fan
1: yeah I, I I like that i liked uh I like boardwalk Empire, that was good, but i uh, I'm a sopranos guy though I love sopranos, I love the sopranos uh, you know I went up to their house recently uh you know maybe a year or so ago i put a picture on twitter i took my friends they didn't even know where we're going so i took my friends who love the sopranos but had no idea where we're going to north caldwell so we drive up there and i'm saying i gotta go here i gotta meet i gotta meet somebody i get out of my car my friend's like who's he meeting in this house he looked down looked up looked down that's tony soprano's house he said and so i i love doing that kind of stuff i love doing uh like tours of that kind of stuff and i've been on the set with them i've been I, i actually was on the um on, on a set. I mean, down at the Golden Nugget here. And I was on, I was on with them. We all did a uh, photo shoot together. I've been with Gandolfini a couple times, had some pictures with him and uh, yeah, it was fun. I love shows like that. And I love the, you're right. Boardwalk Empire was, it was a really good show. Now Gravesend's a good show uh, in, in New York. It's got a lot of, they bring in a lot of guest stars every week. It's, it's good, but I love that stuff. That's what, and my downtime, that's what I listen to, by the way. I listen to the, some of the mafia podcasts. I listen to like Michael Franchise, I listen to I listen to a sit down with Jeff. What Jeff and they do? I listen to his sit down. I listen to the Mafia podcast. I enjoy that. I enjoy listening to that stuff. Not that I look up to those guys or anything. I just find it so amazing where guys like Meyer Lansky was ruling all these unions and all these companies and the different things he did. I, I love these kind of stories. I live in Las Vegas. Listen, I, I, I live in a town that's has a big, big, giant history of mafia. You, you know, you guys seen Casino? That stuff was real. That stuff that you see is exactly the way it was out here. And it's still, to a certain point, not mafia, but a cowboy town. This is still a cowboy town. Think about it. We don't have DraftKings, FanDuel, none of these big companies here. Yet their headquarters is a couple miles away where they're taking the bets, where they're, where they're approving the bets. But yet they're not here. And that's because you have uh, a lot of people that are very powerful in this town probably blocking them. I mean, how could we not have DraftKings and FanDuel in Las Vegas?
0: Sure, sure. I uh, didn't think we'd be talking about sopranos on this episode, but this is why I love having someone like you on. Um, Who was your favorite character in the show? I, I mean, I think you can you, you got to learn Tony- a lot about a person. Yeah, T- put- take Tony aside because yeah. everybody loves Tony. Take him to who, the side. Who, who's your guy? Who's your number two on that show? I mean,
1: I guess you, you really got to go with Silvio. I he was some he was some uh, underboss there, and you know, that bottom lip was always out, and he's always thinking things through and. You know, you want this guy taken care of. All right, Tone, don't worry, I got you. Uh, you know, but then again, you maybe you think Pauly too, because he was a cartoon character. I mean, he really, was the lines he comes up with, Uncle Junior, old school. The lines he comes up with, you laugh every episode, you laugh and you cry. Those Sunday nights were spent around my family and friends. We had parties around those those Sunday nights. I missed them, you know, terribly. They were great nights.
0: You need a friend like Silvio in your life. I remember when he talked to Pauly about how he's being perceived or when he talked to tony about having a, a problem with authority he's not afraid to give you the you know the hard tax about what he needs to say my favorite character and this will tell you a little bit myself was phil leotardo i loved the tension i loved his ruthless uh fuck the jersey boys and 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 that little glorified crew i liked his story about compromise and and what he had to sacrifice for 20 years and why he's unwilling to compromise with anybody on anything and he was one of my favorite characters. Very the good. Show.
1: The only real gangsters in the show there was probably two of them. I'm going to say maybe him because it was 20 years away. The only other real gangster was Richie Aprile. Richie was a stone cold, black eyed gangster. His eyes are black. They have black. There's no blood. You go. You know. You could literally kill someone and, and next thing you know, he's face down full of uh, calamari, and this guy starts eating again. This that was a real gangster. You're right about that. Guys. I
0: gotta tell you, uh, Bill. I listened to the uh, Michael Imperioli and um, Big Bobby Bacala. They did a- I'm friends yeah, with Steve. Schripper. Yeah, he, we, we oh, follow each yeah. other on Twitter. Yeah. He, he he was out in Vegas. Was, was it a bouncer for a while at, uh, at, at, at Riviera?
1: Cool. At the Riviera, he ran a club wow. at the Riviera. A really good guy. He, he really is. Um, uh, recently talked to him on uh, on uh, on on DM back and forth. He's a, he's a good guy. Real good guy. But that was a great show they had. It was during oh, the yeah. COVID, during the pandemic. Oh, oh my God. It, it got me every, through it.
0: It got it, me through it. It
1: was so good. It was so good. You're right.
0: The easiest way to improve as a sports bettor is use multiple sports books and always get the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like Betstamp. Betstamp compares odds across every sportsbook for games, futures, and player props. Save time and money by checking Betstamp before you bet. Download the app today. If you're looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account, please check out the offers available at betstamp.app forward slash circles off or hit the link in the description. If you sign up through this page, it helps support the show. Now back to the episode. Well, the, 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 the you mentioned Richie April, and I thought this was a, a fun note because he, so, he had this such serious to his character, and they asked him, you know, how did you tap into it? And he said, I thought about every movie role that I thought I deserved that I got passed over. And I turned the real bitterness into that character who was also bitter that he got left behind and everybody prospered without him. And like you could, it it all felt real. Every scene with him stole every scene. It felt real. You could feel his anger and and why he hated everybody.
1: The day he got out of jail, he went and seen Beezy in the pizza place. He said give it a parmesan sandwich, he said yeah. No, he was a a gangster. He was a real gangster in that movie and in that series.
0: I listened to uh, your pod, Wise Cracks with John Orlando. I love the stories you tell. He's got stories, too. How did that come out? Like, who reached out to who? Did you guys know each other before?
1: Um, I, I knew John. Yeah, hello and goodbye. I knew him. I never did any. I never knew he had podcast studio or anything. And uh, John um, asked me to do a couple of his episodes on his shows, which I did. And then that company came at me from uh, a guy that was in charge of the World Series of Poker. Oh, it's a shame. I don't know his name right now. He's the one that said, he goes, Bill, this company is looking to sponsor a podcast. They want to get in the, in the betting space. And um, he put me in touch with them. And uh, they, they sponsored my podcast for four and a half years. I first did it with a, with a female named Rosalie Michaels. Some of our first episodes were unbelievable. We had Dick Vitale on. We had, we had so many big – I'll put that podcast up for four years against any. With, I mean, we had uh, so many ex-football, Marcus Allen was on half a dozen times. Uh, I had Warren Moon on. We had all the poker players, Phil Helmuth, Daniel Negreanu, Mike Madison, um, all the casino executives. I've had Derek Stevens was on three or four times. I had Jay down at the, I had Richie, I, oh, I had Richie on. Um, I had you know, Jimmy Vaccaro on, but I had from the celebrity world, I had actors on. I had uh, all different athletes on. It was, it was so cool to do a podcast every week. I was so blessed. Uh, one day I went in, my last guest was Alan Boston. So I went in and Alan was on and they told me, this is the last show, Bill. I said, all right, it was a great run. I, I expected it sooner or later to be real blunt. I, 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 well, they did, they were paying me. they were overpaying me. I would have done it for half the money um, for a one day show. So they were, they were real good to me. And I, Probably rested on my laurels the last four or five months. Didn't shop the the uh, podcast because John called me up and he said, hey, uh, let's see if we can get this podcast going. And, you know, it's just so hard during preseason football and before that. And there was so much work to be done. And I'm glad I didn't do it then because I, I really did really good in preseason football. So, uh, but however, it's just funny you're saying this. Just this week on Monday, I had another, someone reach out to me. And I think we're going to start it back up with a new sponsor once a week. So it
0: should be fun. Oh, that's great. I remember, I think March it was the last episode that came out. Uh, I haven't heard anything new. Uh, one of your guests was Oz Perlman, the uh, mentalist, and I, I love that. You know I'm a guy, like, if I'm at a front row at a magic show and they want me involved, I'm in. And I play, I'm that guy in the audience who's amazed, and I love the whole showmanship and the magic of it. This maniac guessed your ATM pin he code did. On, on air. Did. I want to know, how fast did you go out and change it. Right I, changed, I changed it the
1: same day. You know, uh, it, it it was amazing. I, I I love that guy too. He's such a Google. I owe him a text. Actually, we we text back and forth recently. He was actually on uh, first take. I didn't even know. I turned first, take not first take. He was on uh, with the Jets. The the thing I Hard HB. knocks. Hard knocks. He's
0: on, the, he's on He was the there. Right now. I was like, hey, yeah. there he
1: was. Um, yeah, he was messing with all those guys. It was really cool. He, he did some some cool things with Aaron Aaron Rodgers. So um, but yeah, he 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 came on, and and you know, I didn't use like. A birthday or I I mean I used a number that I didn't think first of all, I'm not an ATM guy. I don't go to ATMs, you know, carry cash, it ain't heavy. You know, I don't go to ATMs and take out twenties and fifties and use that for the day or twenty I don't do that. Uh, matter of fact, my card wasn't even signed. So that's just to show you. Um, I, I never even used the thing. The guy came on, he guessed my, 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 my pin number of my of my ATM, which I've never used. He guessed uh, Gil Alexander wrote down a uh, an old celebrity or an old basketball player. And he guessed a basketball player. He, he he really is. Now, listen, we all know it's a trick, right? It's something. There's little things that are, they plant, little things they say to get things out of you, get tells. But uh, I like magicians. I like that kind of stuff. I'll go to a magician. I'll go there like you. I enjoy that. I love to laugh. I love to smile, have fun, enjoy myself. It's a, it's great stuff.
0: Um. You know, uh, I I always ask, what would you be doing for a living if you weren't doing what you are now? Like, what skill set do you think you have or what would you be intrigued to try to do if if your life turned out differently?
1: I was always a leader. I was never a follower. You know, back when I was, you know, literally I was president of student council. and stuff. I I was always a leader. I never went out and drank. That's probably why I don't drink or do anything because I never did it when I was a kid. I was that guy that said, you want to do it again? Enjoy yourself. Be a jerk off. You know, like uh, drinking and driving and stuff. It wasn't a, wasn't a big deal like it is now, drinking and driving. But I never did it. It just wasn't not what I did. Now, occasionally, I have a drink with my friends on the beach or something at night. They get it. Used to be these things called the kegs. I don't know if they even have them anymore. It's a keg of beer, and they used to tap the kegs and they used to put five bucks each in. I once in a while I would do that or something. But I, I was a leader, so I'd be some kind of a a, a leader or something like a, you know at a business or my own business or. Something like that. I like to think. I, I, I'm not really one to. I don't really like, you know, just making sure I get a guaranteed paycheck and you know take orders. And I, yet I did. I did. I did up into my you know my early twenties. But I, I like. I like the idea of working for myself now. And and um, you know, like I said, uh, I, I can I can laugh every day. I make fun of myself. It's always good to make fun of yourself. So I I, I don't know what I'd be doing, but I'm sure it would be in some kind of a leadership role.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I, I wrote down something, and now I realize, because you said you don't drink. Uh, I said, of all the people that I've seen or met or listened to in this space, I said, Bill's one of the guys at the top of the list I'd like to have a beer with. Now, we're going to have to change that to, like, a steak dinner. No, uh, I'd, di- I'd have a
1: beer, though. You go have a beer. I- I'd have one beer with
0: you. Sure, sure. you you got a zest for life. I, you, uh, you love music. You love concerts. Love I've never i've never lived in vegas but it's something that i've battled like the thought of it for the last couple of years i still have the romantic version of vegas in my head like um sure obviously it's advantageous from a sports betting perspective but i would like take advantage of the shows uh i'd go to concerts Penn and teller the electricity the cast of characters people coming in and out like the scene it, it, i feel would be so frequent uh frequently changing that it would never get boring. Is Vegas like that for you? Um,
1: I enjoy going to shows. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a classic rock fan. I'm a, I am also like the Cirque du Soleil shows. I've go. i I've seen Love 20, 22 times, I think I've seen Love. I, I just It always changes, and I just, I love the music. I love the Beatles now. I became a Beatles fan going to that show, by the way. I like classic rock, but Beatles were just okay. Now I love the Beatles. So um, I like going to all those type of shows. Um, I've seen Barry Manilow here a couple times uh lionel richie i've seen here he's gonna be here again i love going to shows and i love getting good seats i've seen the rolling stones here many times i i set my alarm this morning to get up early like six in the morning that they, they released a new song today and stuff so it was cool like first album in 18 years um i'm still a stones fan but i don't have much time for that during handicapping season and stuff that's all over now that's all over now i, I will watch things you'll be shocked that i'm a fan of like I'm a fan of American Idol or uh, America's Got Talent. That's the one I like better. I'll watch that. I'll tape it and watch it. But besides that – I don't watch anything. I can't watch anything fictional. I can't even go to movies anymore. Um, I, I, I can't. I, 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 it's just tough for me to go to anything. I have to watch stuff that's real, that means something that's going to maybe change my life or, or make me. I, I like giving back to the community and donating things to it. I'm involved in a couple of charities. I like doing that all through years. One of my best friends is Teddy Atlas, which you probably know. Um, I, I, go, I go to his charity dinner every year, try to give back all the time. Um, you got to remember where you come from.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. Uh during football season, uh there's no wedding or baptism that I'm going to. You can't get me away. Uh you'll get an envelope. I apologize. It's nothing personal. Um, outside of like you 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 like concerts, you like um, you watch The Sopranos, so do I. Um outside of like sports gambling, what are your passions in life?
1: I'll shock you. I never tell anyone that's on a show. There was a site I went to, is it on my site still? Yes, it is. Wow, there it is. It's still on my. I looked it up months ago. I left it on on, on the the link open. Uh, it's called Forty Eight State Tour. Uh, this was about. I love restoring old graves, old cemetery graves. There's some great ones up in like Boston and New Jersey, and the, like old cemeteries that the stones fell over, and maybe you can not power washing them or giving someone. Now, I'm not physically doing that stuff, but um definitely donating to it. And, and uh, I, I enjoy keeping track of, of what the old graveyards are and, and cleaning the stones and just having a respect for what our country was. I'm a true blue American. I believe in the military. I believe in sal- saluting the flag. And, and uh, that, that's what I do. I'm, I'm, I'm a true blue American. This country is the greatest country. Um, you know, you come you go to some other places around the different countries and different areas and you come back and you still kiss this ground um here so uh, like I said that's something I do I enjoy I I enjoy going to famous graves too I've been to Westwood Cemetery many times in LA and some different cemeteries and not really an LA fan but I like going to the cemeteries there I like going to you know I'm a big Rodney Dangerfield fan so I like going to his graves you know Rodney's grave says Rodney Dangerfield there goes the neighborhood that's it that's what it says you know uh great great place over there Marilyn Monroe's there Jack Lemons there I can go on and on and on this it's one of the greatest uh cemetery d martin one of my guys i love him i i enjoy going to that it's very peaceful to me going to cemeteries even my parents i i got them a nice mausoleum i like going there especially in the warmer weather the birds sing in the water the brook the falls it's very peaceful to me i enjoy going to cemeteries weird i know
0: no no it's not because i i finally understood once you started talking about it it's the preservation of history it's remembering the the, the journey I, I oftentimes uh my cousin and I will share a cigar. Well, we have our own cigars, uh, and we'll we'll have a drink, and we'll just look out at the skyline, and and we just look at hundred years ago. This city didn't look like it did, and human ingenuity took it to places that you would never believe. And how far we've come along in the history of any given city or country. Uh, so I I also appreciate that. I want to ask you one question. You actually tipped it off. Uh, I always said if I could go back to one era of life. Uh, send me back to the dean martin frank sinatra days uh so i could watch them uh the sing 60s to the rat crowd. Pack. yeah yeah that yeah. that's my air i feel like that i was that was the era i was supposed if to be if i born had in. one
1: of those magic balls there see so stack i would rub it and say i wish i was dead already but i wish i was alive back in the 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s you know what i mean yeah so that's yeah. interesting right
0: that was, that was that was my era to, to I, I feel it in my heart uh bill you've been such a pleasure Anytime. I thank you for taking time Anytime. honestly I had a blast uh I hope when I get down to Vegas uh we'll get to meet you and we'll you get come to down that. here
1: let me know when you're coming I'll hook you up for a free room and I'll take you to dinner. You let me know.
0: That's it for me. Another edition of 90 Degrees is in the books. I want to thank my guest Bill Krakenberger, professional sports better, Advantage Gambler, media personality, the sponsors of this podcast, Pinnacle and Betstamp, and my producer, Jason Guthbert. Thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Before you go, like the content, subscribe, share, and comment. And we'll be back next week with another guest on the 90 Degrees podcast, where we give an inside look into the sports betting industry. That's it for me. Hope you enjoyed. Until next time.